Late Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen. We're going to go to Texas. We're going to go to Allen, Texas. I've been to Allen, Texas. I've been to Plano, Texas. I've never been to Frisco, Texas, though San Francisco is one of my favorite places. Uh, We're going to talk with a a renowned uh, cardiologist. He's a young man, Dr. Rishan um, Shaw. Uh, And we're going to be talking about PAD, which is peripheral artery disease disease. Dr. Uh, uh, Shaw, welcome to Late Night Health. Heart disease, Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, heart disease is still one of the number one, if not the number one killer? Correct. We made great advancements in the last 20 years, but it is still one of the top three killers in the country. So with PAD, can you have clear arteries and still have PAD? Uh no, the definition of peripheral arterial disease or PAD is basically blockages um, or plaque buildup, and most typically in the arteries of the leg. In the legs? Correct. You can have peripheral arterial disease uh, or blockages in any um, vasculature or artery. So carotid artery disease, which is the artery in the neck, if you have blockages in there, it can lead to stroke. You can have blockages in your aorta, which is the main blood vessel that kind of supplies all the organs, and then also in your leg arteries. So that's what I most typically see is um, blockages in your leg arteries. So if a doctor does a, uh, a sonogram on your neck, is that necessarily indicative of what's going on in the arteries in your legs? No, not necessarily. So frequently, you can have blockages in your heart arteries, and your legs look fine. Um, you can have blockages in your neck arteries, and your legs look fine. Um, but any blockage does confer higher risk down the road um, for cardiovascular morbidity and mortality. Uh, we know that the silent killer is high blood pressure. You can't feel it most of the time. This is another silent disease, and all of a sudden, you just drop down dead? So many people with peripheral arterial disease are asymptomatic. So the classic symptom is called intermittent claudication. And so that is when you have cramping, aching, fatigue in your calf, thigh, or buttock muscles, or your buttock area when you're walking and it gets better with rest. Um, So they've done studies. There's one particular study where they looked at patients over the age of 65 and 20, more than 20% of people had peripheral arterial disease, but more than half of them were asymptomatic, meaning they had no symptoms whatsoever. Wow. Uh, that's so, so what do you do? I mean, okay, you exercise, I would suppose, and you limit your red meat. What else? Yeah, so lifestyle changes are huge. One statistic I like to always throw out is that Diagnosis of peripheral arterial disease confers a higher risk of five-year mortality in breast cancer, a higher risk of five-year mortality in prostate cancer. However, it's extremely under-recognized some two of those. And then if you look at people that have the leg discomfort from uh, peripheral arterial disease, their quality of life is somewhere between a diagnosis of congestive heart failure and chronic lung disease. So these patients really do and can suffer. Um, in terms of treatment, we basically treat you like you have significant heart disease. It's kind of all the same medications, all the same recommendations in terms of lifestyle. 
Um, so many of these patients are smokers, so we obviously ask them to quit smoking. Many of them are diabetic. That's only, that, so doctor, that's, that's only in Texas that everybody smokes. <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot of smokers here, but yeah. even more so diabetics. So those ah. are kind of the high-risk population. So then when they come for me for treatment, initially it's, you know, try to lose weight, eat better. Um, but by the time they've already had this diagnosis, we need to do more. And a lot of that also includes medication. So stuff like aspirin, uh, medications to lower cholesterol. We've got to control the blood pressure. And it's not just about the legs because most of these people pass away or have heart attacks and strokes. So if you look 10 years down the line, up to 70% of people have passed away, and the vast majority of times it's from a cardiac event. And what happens is that the plaque in the in the arteries breaks away and blo- uh, causes more blockage? Yeah, so definitely in terms of a heart attack, what happens is something called plaque rupture. So you may have 20%, 30%, 60% plaque buildup, but then all of a sudden the plaque build, uh, breaks off, i.e. ruptures, and it covers the entire artery and can lead to a heart attack. Um, so having the PAD confers you a much higher risk for that. The other thing to know about PAD is it can lead to amputation. So many of these patients will have sores, wounds, ulcers that don't heal. Um, and that's, that's, that's a big problem in growing. And if, if a patient does undergo an amputation, only half of them are alive two years down the road. And again, it just means, you know, again, these patients are again having cardiac events. This means we need to be much more aggressive about treatment. Um, what? How does exercise fit into this? I mean, obviously, we want to lose weight. Um, we want to. We don't want a big belly. Uh, we want to lower our blood pressure. Uh, if we can do it naturally, it's better than having to depend on on drugs. I think most people believe that, and doctors too. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, exercise plays a huge role, um, and it doesn't even have to be anything too strenuous. Just walking for 30 minutes a day um, can do a lot. And in fact, for patients that have leg discomfort due to the blockages, there's something called supervised exercise therapy. So patients are, um, in a supervised fashion, because that's how it's been proven, are basically asked to walk further and further um, despite their discomfort and they're able to tolerate the discomfort due to the blockages better. And if for some reason they do this and medications and they have discomfort that continues to stay there or discomfort at rest or a wound sore ulcer that does not heal, we can always do an angiogram and fix the blockages in a minimally invasive way. And uh, and clear, clear uh, it's basically uh, the rotor-rooter uh, route. Exactly. I mean, we call it atherectomy, but also for my patients, I do surgery. Yeah, got it. Do you do that uh, work yourself? You're a cardiologist, uh, or is that a, a surgical procedure? No, uh, most cardiologists, interventional cardiologists, you do it because um, it's the whole cardiovascular system. So the same techniques that are needed to fix blockages in the heart arteries, if a patient has a heart attack, it's based for the same skills and techniques um, to fix the leg arteries. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it, there's multiple specialties that do it. Uh, mine, which is interventional cardiology, 
but also vascular surgeons do it, interventional radiologists do it. So it's a lot of specialties that kind of work together to help these people. And you're you're triple board certified, cardiovascular, interventional, and internal medicine. Exactly, yes. So for our training, we all have to go through an internal medicine residency first, then we do a general cardiovascular uh, medicine fellowship, and then finally... Uh, one or two years that really just focuses on the surgical slash procedural aspect of the specialty. And how did you how did you decide on cardiovascular medicine rather than dermatology, where you didn't get calls? You don't normally get calls at two in the morning, right? So when you're in medical school and residency, you really like the sick patients, or at least I did. The sick patients, people are trying to die on you on the table, um, but cardiology. It's very, uh, you can treat it with medicines, you can treat it with lifestyle, there's procedures, there's just a lot of stuff we can do. And probably out of any specialty, there's more science to back up everything we do and more evidence. Um, so we know exactly what we're doing. So it's kind of a thrill of taking care of acutely sick patients, but then we get to also manage them chronically um, throughout the years. And if you want, you can still pop pimples too, if you you know, if you had to, right? Sure. Uh, our guest is uh, Rashan uh, uh, Shaw. He's a cardiovascular physician located in Allen, Texas, Frisco, Texas, and Plano, Texas. Um, and he's our guest today. Uh, if you want information, you go to primehv.com. Primehv. Yeah, Primehv. Ah, that makes sense. Primehv.com. And he is a leading cardiologist. Uh, are, would you say that Americans in general, uh, other than those in Texas, uh, are are healthy or are not healthy? Huh. <laughs> um, well, if you look at the kind of the obesity epidemic in the last 30 years, the number of people that have become obese has exponentially increased. In fact, if you look 30 years ago, there are almost zero cases of childhood type 2 diabetes, and now you'll see, you know, one very frequently. So just by that one measure, um, you know, I, I don't know if we can say people are healthier. However, we've made significant advances in medicine that despite um, uh, us humans not taking care of ourselves, we're definitely able to help them. So the mortality rates from all these major diseases have still come down, even though we're not helping ourselves out too much. Well, we're going to talk more about that as we continue. We're going to take some time out right now. We're going to find out, do you have children, uh, doctor? I have a little baby girl, almost two, in a couple weeks. Oh, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. That's uh, really cool. Well, I'll bet she has not had Coca-Cola or a McDonald's French fry yet either, right? You're actually correct. <laughs> okay, good deal. Um, we're going to come back with uh, uh, Dr. Shaw in just a couple of moments. You can uh, reach out to him at primehv.com, primehv.com. Hey, listen, uh, join us at facebook.com slash late night help radio. And also visit us at LateNightHealth.com. We'll have a pretty picture of Dr. Shaw up there and a link to his website there as well. All right, don't go away. More coming up as Late Night Health continues. Welcome to Guide to the Soul. This is Robert Clancy. If love had a time 
a place, and a limit. It would be right now, everywhere, and forever. Your heart is an infinite ocean that holds that divine love. Be in gratitude for every moment of your life that you've experienced even the smallest moments of love. For when you add up all the love within your soul, you become priceless. Share your wealth with the world. You can leave a monument on your grave as your life's legacy, or you can live a monumental life and leave your legacy of love. For more inspiration from Robert Clancy, visit GuideToTheSoul.com or go to the Moments with Robert page on LateNightHealth.com. There's a lot of talk all over the internet about the remarkable benefits of carbon-60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Greska's carbon-60 is the premium carbon-60, developed by an aerospace and NASA scientist. 95% of Greska's customers report positive results from this Nobel Prize-winning technology in just four days. Imagine more energy, better health, and more vitality. It's very bioavailable to quickly mend toxin cripple cells. This is a super powerful antioxidant. Bob Greska is so confident that you'll love his carbon-60, he wants to send you a bottle at 50% off the regular price to see how life-changing this will be for you. Call 720-600-6040. That's 720-600-6040. Visit c-60.com to learn more. Call 720-600-6040 now or visit c-60.com. 